How's it going, dude? We can't hear you, Matt. It doesn't say you're muted, but for some reason. How about now? Yeah, great. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I just saw Jack like texting away or whatever. I was all concerned. Looked like something happened. Yeah. You looked all serious and then all of a sudden I look up, you just look up and you're like, it looks like Beppy the Clown is more difficult than Grim Matchstick. <laughs> <laughs> we were before you jumped on, me and Dave were discussing he, he's basically fighting uh, Beppy the Clown and Grim Matchstick, like and stuck on both of them. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, those guys are fuckers for act two. <laughs> those are so brutal. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to Couch Co-op, a video game podcast. First time listening to us, it's kind of like a book club, only for video game nerds. My name's Matt, I'm joined by Dave and Jack, and today we're going to discuss Cuphead. Uh, but before we dive into it, we'd like to discuss what we've been currently playing. Spoiler here, I've been playing Cuphead, and subsequently its most recent DLC release, uh, which I believe I'm about halfway through. So fantastic game, enough that we're going to dedicate an episode to it. So what about you, gentlemen? What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing some Civ Six on the side of Cuphead because sometimes Cuphead, um, I have to put it down for a little bit. So Civ Six has actually been pretty good for me in a lot of ways. So I've done a lot of trophy hunting on it. I've jumped through a lot of loops and discovered like a lot of different um, civilizations I wouldn't have used before that have some pretty cool benefits to using them. So it's been a pretty fun experience. And like, this guy's did a lot of good work, you know, and even though they had DLC and add-ons, like they gave you plenty of stuff to play with. So I feel like it'd be kind of cool to invest some time into their trophies since they did so such a good job on the game. So. Um, it's been fun. I've been tracking some of them, like some of them, only like 77 of us on that site have even gotten after just because it's like, do this while this is happening and you have to just have everything set up just right. And in that game, that's difficult to do. So um, playing Cuphead, been playing Civilization Six, been playing some other games on the side here and there. Uh, some Returnal, Jack and I had a session the other night and um, yeah. Been working on some Hades here and there as well. How about you, Jack? Well, I I pulled overtime last week, so uh, you probably... <laughs> I'm not working management hours anymore. My kids are out of town. I pulled overtime and I played so much video games. It was glorious. <laughs> um, so uh, I think the most fun I've had is. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. This game is, um, you know, is is that old school arcade beat 'em up action, and I I have specific memories of playing it in the arcade. You know, I always wanted to be you know Donatello, and I'm really impressed with this game because I haven't gotten super into the other beat 'em ups like this I've played. These little throwbacks, but this has a different feel. There's so many just small little details they throw into this game. And um, it's been cool because on day one, I got it with Dave and we freaking did work. But what lately I've been able to do is get 
not only my kids, but like the neighborhood kids are rolling around. And uh, so I don't know, there's just, it, it's just a bad ass feeling like being in my own nostalgia while at the same time, like seeing my seven-year-old have the exact same like feelings that I had of excitement. And she's actually pretty damn good at the game. Like she discovered you can heal somebody when they're down and she's always looking after her four-year-old sister who has no clue what's going on. Um, but it's, it's been like the badass experience. It's been really fun. And I really want, this is one of the things that makes me pissed off that, um, you can't gift games on PlayStation network. And I would gift Matt this game in a heartbeat because it would be so much fun for me, Plum and Matt to be rolling around together in this. I'm hoping Matt, you pick this up. Do you have any interest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm the idiot that played through Streets of Rage 4, remember? <laughs> so beat-em-up games are actually, side-scrolling beat-em-ups are right in my wheelhouse. And I was actually excited about this one. I ha happened to opt for a Cuphead when I was kind of jostling between which one to purchase. So, uh, but yeah, I'm super down for this one. Well, the game's like picking up steam because uh, Honest Games did a, uh, a thing on it and just ripped into like how simple the controls are <laughs> how boring it is and how every piece of trash is hiding some secret weapon. <laughs> and they did say that the story was great because it was like one sentence and then usually you moved <laughs> on to the, and they go, I don't even know why you drive around the town because it's not like you can pick a different place to go. It just You go to the next level and that's it. But the game is fun and it brings back that nostalgia, you know, and then it also gives chance kids a chance to get that experience you know if you can get like four of them on the same tv it gives them that kind of arcadey feeling you know just got to throw some soda on there you know maybe charge them a quarter for every like three lives or some shit you know it's like, no, no. i was gonna say jack you're the coolest dad on the block now all of a sudden <laughs> always has been especially now that i play cuphead uh these, these kids actually know what the hell normally they like come over they're like what the hell is this i'm like playing some some dumb indie game that looks like it was made in 1985 <laughs> like look at me like okay cool <laughs> i put on cuphead they're like oh cuphead show oh yeah <laughs> um yeah i tried playing streets of rage 4 and it didn't do anything for me uh you know i i don't know what it why this one feels so different um i'm probably a, a big part of it is probably just how much it like speaks to kids because of you know they're ninja turtles um even though that's not like a big part of the culture right now like it was when we were younger it's still like a cool idea you know that these turtles and this rat are going around fighting all these bosses um so very cool i was just gonna say i mean that's that's the whole thing. Like we grew up with the turtles and streets of rage. I actually, I grew up playing the original streets of rage and streets of rage Two a lot with the neighborhood kids. So for me going through streets of rage four was kind of that similar nostalgia hit. Um, but I could totally see if, if you're not versed with those games um, from your childhood, like it's just a trash side scrolling beat them up. So, well, uh, I've also been playing returnal, which is, um, had a tough time getting into this one there's a pretty big barrier to entry like if you're gonna play you've got to commit time it's this gloomy dark ass world but something kind of clicked and and that is that when you get in that like groove and start kicking ass it feels really good in this game like everything's you know the the background melts away and it's just all these like neon lights shooting at you 
Um, everything is super responsive. And um, I don't play a whole lot of third person shooters, but this one really kind of, I think this one might be like the next game I get into. We'll, we'll see. Um, and then I've been checking out the original portal and so far it mostly feels like a very simplified portal too, <laughs> but I haven't gotten, I'm only on like yeah, two thirds of the way through the base game. And what's kind of cool is on the switch thing they threw in, they threw in a bunch of like bonus levels I've never heard of. So I'm excited to check those out. Uh, but you know what? Mostly I've been playing Cuphead. Well, that's a great segue into our topic, which is Cuphead. Exactly. Um, I picked this one up because it had a long time been on my list and it was between playing through The Witness, which I still intend to play through, but it's a bit of a slog. Um, so I decided to jump into the beautiful, wonderfully rendered world of Cuphead and have enjoyed every moment of it. Um, you know, it's as you had mentioned, Jack, it's, it's a franchise that has serious legs like this could actually become something much much bigger based on how popular it is in terms of having an actual tv series i'm sure there's action figures out there i mean it's such a unique art style but also what makes it amazing is it is incredibly fucking difficult so boys uh dave i know you just started out why don't you enlighten us on your experiences thus far with some of the bosses or at least the ones that jumped to mind first and foremost um, I want to say I think the one that really challenged me the most was uh, Baroness von Bonbon, which is I think I want to say the first boss in the second level. But you know, you make a direct left into a tent, and then that's where you start the fight. And I I was just kind of floored by I think there's an extra stage uh, to the fight, and then just kind of they that that learning curve isn't like gradual. You know, like level one's here, you learn how to deal with level one, but then level two is like, here's all the level one shit and then multiply it by 1.5. It's like overtime, you know, you just fucking like get so much more stuff happening and that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I kind of was like, I don't think this is an anomaly. I think all the bosses on level two are going to be like this. And they've been a challenge and it's a grind. I think I'm at the last one. It's a... Uh, I'm sorry, Jack had the name for the, the boss. Um, the dragon. Clown, and you're also duking it out with Grim Matchstick, which in yeah. my opinion are the two most difficult stage two bosses. So just imagining Plumber Rage is, is really just... <laughs> yeah, over the last two days, like, so yesterday, I think I did 30 attempts, you know, and that includes, like, losing a life almost immediately because of some dumb thing, you know, so you, you just go straight to retry. So I did it and about my like 28th, I was like starting to like get the urge to throw my controller through the TV. So I gave it like two more and then I was like, it's just a game, put it down. I came back this morning and actually only did three runs before I beat him. So it's just kind of one of those. And then I came back on for six more where I like um, had struggled, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry, I had a boss like where I struggled the night before I went to bed, woke up finished it but this one's just been a real struggle so um but it's gorgeous uh the art style is fantastic uh, i think you're right this game is like incredibly marketable like the characters are so easy um i just gotta you know wonder like jack was talking about the difficulty on level two and then how how much more fun 
in quotations, uh, I'm going to have with level three. So I, I will, I will say that I think part of the reason there's that huge difficulty ramp up in the stage two is, um, because a lot of it depends on what weapon upgrades you purchased. And when you get into the later levels, you get the charge shot, which for, you know, spoiler alert, but that's, that's kind of the weapon that pretty much can run through almost anybody once you get it it's before you have it though it's pretty shitty and if you get the wrong upgrades prior to that you're totally screwed the, f- the funny thing is i don't use the charge shot I, I tried it on a couple bosses and maybe i just didn't get it down but um that's not one of my weapons that's funny yeah i i mean to each their own i mean that is the beauty of the game um I will say, though, that in my experience, Dave, those were the two bosses, particularly that damn clown, Beppy, was the one that took me the longest to kind of, I think it was just because I didn't actually enjoy that fight. Like some of the other ones, like Matchsticks, like I didn't like mind the fight so much, so it was okay getting punished by him. Beppy, like it would just frustrate me because at a certain point it was just like so much shit going on all at once and it was a bit disorienting. Is that level two boss? Is that the one that's on the roller coaster? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah, I came back. I think this yesterday morning I came on and yeah, got him in three. But yeah, it was it was a struggle to get comfortable with his patterns. And even then I felt like I got lucky, you know, when I beat him. So I was going to say, though, like, that's why I enjoy about, about this game being a boss rush, because coming off of Elden Ring, like I actually don't like the boss fights in Elden Ring all that much with the exception of a few largely because i don't like that style of like there is a pattern there it's just it's a very slow awkward one and it's kind of hard to really get to a place where like by the time i got to a place where i was confident enough to stand down a, a character long enough to like actually dodge their attacks and all that my character was so over leveled didn't really matter but in this instance like it's refreshing because it is that nostalgia hit we were kind of talking about of remind me of those old games where it's like you just need to memorize where all the damn bullets are gonna be at any given moment once you get that down like you're just so locked in and that's the way you beat it so i i've been having a blast just going through the bosses and that running into that wall but forcing myself to have to relearn how to fight them well that's funny you you say like you just learn where all the bullets are going to be because one of the things I think that makes this game work is that you don't really know where the bullets are going to be because all while, while the move sets are always the same, the pattern and the order that they are is very randomized, which really kind of changes every single run. And it makes it one, it makes it unfair at certain times. Like there's, I, I'm sure if you're an expert player, you can kind of figure out where to go so you don't run into these situations. But for any normal gamer, you end up in these places where you're, you're going to get hit. But what really what it does is it makes it so you're not like memorizing these levels. You're memorizing cues. And every cue, as you get better, you're just so much quicker at identifying how you have to fight this attack animation or this movement. And it makes it so it's it's not just this choreographed fight, but rather like, yes, you're learning all this, all these different move sets and how to counter them. But every run is different. And um, I mean, yeah, this is a boss rush, like you said, Matt. Um, 
there's this just amazing rhythm about this game that I love that it's, like I said, it's not set pattern, but you have to get in that rhythm. How, how did you guys feel about that rhythm? Where, like, did you, did you find yourself pretty constantly in a groove or did you think it was too much chaos? I like the fact that when you die, you can track how far along you were. And so that, cause you're absolutely right, Jack. Thank you for correcting me that like it is randomized, but at the same time, like to that point, like it, once you're getting the tells down, like you're so you're kind of locking into that. So it does become kind of second nature. It's like the second you see him rear back in a certain way, you know, to jump, you see him do this, you dodge X, you know? Um, but what I was going to say that, Oh, is like, it was so nice seeing the progression and kind of knowing where you got to in the fight, because that's how I knew I was locked in was when I could get about where I know it's the three quarter mark or wherever. And I still have like three hits left. And that's where it's like, you get that confidence surge where you're just like, yeah, this fucker's going down. <laughs> like One hit, you take mm-hmm. one hit and it all melts away. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. But it, it, there's just something about it, like it, it's not perfect, but what I'll say is for a game like this, that's extremely difficult. I feel like it's relatively fair, which a lot of these games aren't. Like a lot of the reason people don't get in these bullet hell kind of experiences is a lot of time it's like, the frames will just, you'll get clipped or you'll just get punished in a corner and it's impossible to do anything with this. It's like, yeah, there's a few times where like the timing may seem a little off or whatever, but for the most part, I, I don't feel like I took too many bullshit deaths in that game. I don't think the timing is off. I think the timing is like impeccable. The, the tightness of the controls, how everything it always is, those those moves, while they are randomized, they're always the same. Where the RNG factor, where the where the get your ass kicked factor and get really pissed off comes in for me is when just so happens that the timing of two different move sets coincides to make a really difficult situation. Um, and that me and Plum have talked a lot about that. I think there's that, but I think too some of the timing is a little fun, funky with the um, the items you can actually smash the pink ones that. Um, I mean, maybe that's just a sign of my skill set devolving over time. But there's definitely been some times where it's like, I feel like I will just barely miss it or whatever, and I get hit. And usually that's why I do like plumbers and restart from there. Plumber, what do you think? Do you think it's a fair experience? Do you think it's bullshit? I think sometimes it's bullshit. Mostly when, uh, you know, like, Jack's got a good point. The controls are pretty tight, but maybe I slip up more often than I think I do. Um, one of the biggest challenges for me was where the dash and the special button were. Like I inherently think circle is dash. So there's a lot of times where I got frustrated because I specialed instead of dashed or, I, you know, so once I switched that up and got comfortable with it, that helped me out quite a bit, <clears throat> but you know, like falling down to another level has cost me a few times. Uh, and then for me, my approach was always like, okay, I can get to the second, third phase, without, like losing a life. So I got like the pattern of stuff that's going to happen, even though that's still kind of random in its own rights, you know, like this thing doesn't always go this way all the time, you know, sometimes the patterns switch up. So I think <laughs> like 
the clown, I could get to the last stage. Clown. <laughs> the clown, I can get to the last stage pretty comfortably. Like getting there with three lives was difficult. Getting there with two became fairly consistent. And then it was the third level where I got punished the hardest, you know, and then it wasn't until I started hanging out on the right side of the screen and then saving up my specials at the right time. And I was able to just like eke it out because a point you made was I got really close and I was like, shit, it doesn't take much to finish him at this point. You just got to hold tight. There are a couple of those waves of uh, guys that he rolls out on his tongue. So um, I feel like it's fair. Sometimes, sometimes I think they put you in a scenario where you got to eat it, you know, like you're going to die, you know, but maybe you're too far to want to retry it because it was such a smooth point. So um, I think good game. I think part of like that strategy and the skill of that is just when you have to eat it, just not getting flustered and just saying, I got to eat it. I'm not going to panic. That's got me through so many runs when like I would just fall apart before I kind of figured out, you just, you just got to let it go. <laughs> yeah. Like I would do it for the sake of like, I'm at the furthest I've been. I only got one life. I need to see what's going to come next. If I'm going to have a chance at, you know, saving that in the future. So I don't know. I, there was one boss I came pretty close to beating on my first go with it. And I, you know, I ended up dying, but then I died like 15 more times after that, you know? So I feel like sometimes there's this like RNG where things just kind of work out in your favor. And so you don't know what the hell is going to happen when you get smashed or, you know, you gotta, you gotta go through the experience X amount of times. So you know what you're coming up with. So this is for me, this is like a huge rhythm game. It's, it's, but it's like this off kilter, just twisted, so many things distracting you. So when you reach that zone, it feels really good. But my house is not zone inducing. <laughs> my house, like, I have to cope with these little kids walking by the screen and their heads are just tall enough to like take the bottom half. So I can still kind of figure out what's going on, <laughs> but like it just throws you out of your rhythm. But the worst isn't the kids. The worst is that my wife watches these TikTok videos and she she'll play the same video like 20 times. And it's like some rednecks fighting like screeching as I'm like, you know, trying to do these controls or it'll be this horrible song, but it plays the most obnoxious thing, like six seconds of it in a row. And then it loops six seconds in a row. Or it's even worse when it's like a good song, like uh, Dre's Forgot About Dre came on the other day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. But it cuts out and it reloops after six seconds. And meanwhile, somebody screams in the background. So it's, my household is just rage inducing for this game and my whole family probably is just like god damn it you're such a dick dad <laughs> because, because I'm like, get out of the way get out of the way um i but, can relate i have two cats and a dog and when they're <laughs> hungry they let me know <laughs> so anyway um yeah, it's it today. I pretty much just crushed it because the kids are out of town. My wife's at work. I just gotta, I just gotta nerd out big time. It was, it was glorious. 
Well, I think you touch on it. Like you both touch on some great points I wanted to discuss. Like Dave, I think you're absolutely right. The controllers, the default controls suck. And I, first thing I did to make this a 20 times more enjoyable experience was completely remap my controls. Yeah. Uh, R1 triggers is pretty much held every fight I have. Um, oh, huh. Okay. But um, yeah, so there from, from there too, um, Jack, you bring up um, an excellent point with kind of the frustration level because you're right, like in order to like really crush this game and really fully enjoy it is when you kind of get locked in. And one of the novel things about it is it is a bullet hell kind of game where there's shit flying everywhere. And it's when you reach that level where you kind of embrace it and it almost can find the humor. And I know Souls, Soulsborne guys have this too, or gals, uh, where they just, it's almost comical to them when like some bullshit occurs and it starts happening with Cuphead where it's like some, you'll keep getting clipped by some bullet or where that keeps hitting you and it forces you to actually focus on it. It's like, oh, it's some character that drags to the left. And then when it hits the left, that's when it releases the bullet that, that keeps hitting me. So now I'm actually paying attention to this little thing that, you know, seemingly was like nothing, but it's been killing me each time. So and once you reach that level where you're just like noticing that and you're so locked into it, you never get hit by it again. Like it just becomes a like increasingly more enjoyable experience going through it. I love what you said there about the humor behind what, because there's, there's just so many times I'll think I have it and I get killed and I, and you know, you learn from the experience. So it's not like it, even, yes, you have to start at the, the beginning, but you still gain something. And so at a certain point, you just kind of let go. And a lot of times you just start laughing. You're like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you have that experience? <laughs> I was just going to ask. No. no, it goes the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh, my frown doesn't go upside down. <laughs> it just gets even more frownier. Um, I, I think something that attracts me to this game, unlike other games similar to this or even with all the qualities because there's, I don't play these too many games anymore in my life is the artwork the music like blew my mind the wash look that everything has the kind of technicolor colors that they use you know for that time um, I really enjoy the fact that they went with this like 1920s 1930s cartoon style and then even gave all the bosses like the mannerisms of them, you know, like the big eyes that do weird stuff. But they added modern technology to it, you know, so you get some really cool levels. Like one of my favorite ones was Jimmy, which is on the second level. And you're just flying around a period, you know, that's our pyramid, that's background, you know, and then he shuffles onto the screen wherever he needs to go. But I was just like super impressed by it because it, even then that pyramid had this antiquated, kind of like a 3D prop stage thing that they just use a stop motion camera to go around, you know? So um, I feel like one of the strengths of this game is the artwork, the art style, the approach to it. Um, is there a way to like make the game black and white? I want to say there is. Is there an I option know, for that? I did something, uh, I got all A tiers in the basic game and it unlocked the new art style, but I never checked it out. I'm willing to bet it's black and white to give it more of a even more of an antiquated look, you know. So 
uh, kudos to them because their boss, you know, their bosses are fantastic. You know, even though they're different from Elden Ring's bosses, I think in their own rights, they're like pretty impressive. I mean, they're no Redan, but you know, like they have a lot of character. Uh, they don't really look like each other. You know, they're all very designed differently and they kind of attack you in appropriate manners, you know, with a lot of zanyism, you know, that you get from the twenties and thirties that you just don't get now, you know, be a different kind of zany so um that's something i feel like that is a big note to this game is how well designed it is how good the music is to go on top of a pretty fun gaming experience you know where you're always like being frustrated or happy you know but at some point you know like at least the payoff is you know this is gorgeous you know so the art style is is really impressive in this game but I think like if you never played this, you could kind of convince yourself that that's why the game is popular, and that's why. And and maybe maybe that's an accurate statement. You know, it definitely is what kind of boosted its you know um, persona. But the game direction and how they use that art style, like you, you plumber, you said it. All the bosses look different. All the worlds look different. Yeah, it's the same art style, but it's not like they rest on their laurels and just bring out the same stuff and i think like if you were gonna lay odds hearing like seeing like this art style three months before the game come out you would probably be like oh they're gonna fuck it up it's gonna it's gonna be a bad game but it's not because the game direction is so damn good like yeah it's really gorgeous but there's so many different things moving and um my favorite artistic level is probably uh i think it's Oh, geez. What's the name? It's so basically you're in this in this mouse hole in the wall and you're duking it out with this mouse. And the whole time you see this eye popping out like through the corners, like looking into the looking into the um, the home. And at a point, a certain point, you beat the mouse and then freaking Tom and Jerry style. The cat just rips through the wall and grabs the mouse and pulls it out. And then you're fighting it out with the cat with a big hole in the wall where the cat ripped through. And then like you beat the cat and the cat falls down and the face pops off and the rats inside controlling it. And it's just like, holy shit. It's so creative. It's so fun. And yeah, I mean, this is just a brilliantly executed game. The art style is right. Like just so, so unique and and fun but it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if the gameplay and and art direction didn't kind of just solidify it as this you know fantastic piece i i think you're absolutely right on all accords there um on my own tin hat theory um i think that there's something to be said for our generation just because we were kind of raised with video games and comic books and all this fun shit. And now that we're at the age where we have children and stuff like that, that we're kind of getting this experience, or at least in this case, Jack has children, but um, it's kind of this experience where you see like what's popular right now. It's like things like Spider-Man where it's like something that we experienced when we were young. And now you get to share that experience with the younger generation and there's a lot of that crossover appeal. And I think in an instance like this, it's brilliant because even though it's an incredibly difficult game that most kids probably wouldn't be able to play, they would certainly enjoy watching you play it. 
like it's just beautiful it's so wacky and zany all that shit that's going on in the background the bosses are constantly evolving throughout the process and there's something to be said for that as well um just that if you i imagine if i were playing this and there were children present they would be much more engaged than anything i could do with elden ring you know or even like my wife for instance has walked in and seen cuphead and thought it was amazing just based on that art style and just because it's so goofy and funky and clearly stressful but in a fun way because she gets to mock me and heckle me when i lose <laughs> but also in the sense that it's not like elden ring where it's like you have moments of beauty followed by just the ugliest of ugly constantly so um i, I think there's something to be said for that that like it's not only does it have that amazing art style that's so appealing to so many different people for various reasons but it's also very engaging for people top to bottom um maybe from nostalgia or maybe just because it's a really beautiful game um and I think, too, it is kind of neat that it's very obviously a stressful game. So most people maybe not aware how much they're distracting you, but at the very least they can look at the screen, see the bullets flying everywhere and be like, oh, shit, no wonder he's in a bad mood. Uh, so both of you guys have finished the main game and you're on to the DLC. Um, how far in and what are your impressions so far about the DLC? I want to say I'm about halfway through. Um, I'm enjoying the DLC just because I'm glad that I'm playing it immediately on the heels of uh, playing through the main campaign. That was the other reason I wanted to pick it up. Now was timing-wise, it worked out with the DLC. Um, something I usually don't purchase, but you know, I wanted to be able to throw a few extra bones to the company because they did an amazing job, and it's awesome that they added DLC in this instance. Um, I'm enjoying it. I feel like it's a bit biased towards having to use the new character for certain parts of it, um, just because her special abilities are a little different. Um, and I'm not saying it's impossible because I'm sure there's plenty of gamers out there who've done it that are a much more advanced skill level than me. But I just feel like her particular move sets or make certain levels much easier. So uh, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I'm about halfway through it. And very much looking forward to uh, crushing it when I can next get the chance. The DLC um, was why I picked this game. Well, a couple of reasons. Matt, you picked it up. We probably picked it up because of the DLC. But I didn't flex my, uh, we all have to play it card. We each get one a year. We all have to play it. And um, Plum was over at my spot. And just kind of like, wow, this game is pretty cool. And, and it's completely off the beaten path from what he would normally play. So I said, hey, let's do it. You know, and this way I can replay the main game, check out the DLC. Um, Matt, I was really impressed how quickly you kind of whipped through the uh, original game. I, I played it four years ago on Xbox. The controller scheme was foreign to me. But I remember it taking me uh, a lot longer than than you than you did in uh well anyway um i don't replay a lot of games but i was really impressed by just how much fun i had um yeah I, I'm, I'm really glad i circled back around to this one and then jumping into the dlc i played one boss as like the original character and i, I kind of planned to play the entire dlc that in that way but Matt, I think you're right. Uh, I'm glad I texted you asking you which character you're using because 
especially the further I got along and uh, I, I crushed the whole DLC today. I just finally, I, I figured out how to play with uh, chalice and she is significantly easier. Uh, one, the main thing is you get an extra life, but two, um, if you're not like, I don't know the double jump, it's key, but most importantly, it's, she, she's really fun to play with. Like, uh, it's totally different style. You know, it's a little bit quicker because you get the double jump. You're constantly, you know, trying to, uh, dash, 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 because you can parry, um, the dash isn't like, I, I play with the smoke dash in the original game, but this one's quicker. So you end up using it more, even if it's like less, um, it doesn't make it invincible, but, um, the bosses in this were really good. Um, with a couple exceptions, there was three or at least three bosses that I was just like, damn, like they really went all out with how much stuff is going on. It's the same art style, but just how many different things are moving and emotion, um, the, the giant that like breaks out of the rocks and then there's just so many cool details going on. So I definitely think it's worth checking out if you haven't. Um, I had more fun with it than I did the base game. And um, yeah, kick this I, out. Of I was just going to say, yeah, to add to that, I love that they took out to the um, side scrolling levels and just kind of, to compensate instead they have like these certain challenges where it's it's like a boss fight but a little more pared down where it's like intent like a lot of them you yeah. can't use your weapons uh for the king's battles um and it forces you to parry um so it's it's a nice test of your skill but in still that boss rush setting rather than having to do side scroll because that was another point i did want to bring up with the original cuphead is just so like i feel like this game would have tanked so bad had they made a traditional like Contra style game where you had to go through a whole level and then fight a boss like that. Oh, like the I, running, the running gun parts. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'm not a big fan of them, but you know, they're there. Yeah, All my no. homies get the running gun. <laughs> if, if they had kept that, like if they had done a traditional kind of side scrolling shooter like that, I think it would failed so miserably because it's just obscenely hard, but I love just focusing on the bosses and the frustration combined with just like the enjoy of eventually overcoming it is, is a real blast. So uh, Dave, what you had a point there. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about some more stuff about, I guess, asking some more questions. So Jack, it's been kind of dropping good nuggets of advice, you know, to help me get through the game. And, you know, it was like, hey, we've been collecting these coins, you can buy stuff with them. So kind of help me figure out that you could buy different types of weapons. You start off with something, it's called the pea shooter and it's pretty cool. I mean, you're snapping your finger and this like water drop is coming out of it or whatever it is, you know? So it's pretty cool that the character is snapping his finger for his weapon. Um, but there's like the ones I bought and you guys can elaborate if you guys explored more was like the shotgun one, which I haven't used that much. And one Jack is like a good proponent of, but um, uh, when I tried it on the, the clown, um, I just I was like, Arr! so um, I went, and bought the one that homes in on chaser. it and then the chaser yeah and that changed up a lot of stuff that makes the dragon a lot easier on certain levels it made the clown easier on certain levels but you know it was something that i was like okay cool like they've got different ways to approach the problem and 
I just intended to go through the whole damn thing with the pea shooter. <laughs> so like uh, it really kind of changed the game up for me and kind of gave me some like, I was like, sweet, there's a lot more depth to it. Um, with the DLC, have they, other than Chalice and her mechanics, have they added anything new to that pool where you can purchase like a new weapon type? They have, um, admittedly, nothing that I personally found that great. Um, I haven't collected them all yet, though. So, Jack, I don't know if you found anything towards the late game. No. Um, Dave, I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the reasons it did take me a lot longer when I originally played the game uh, four years back is I am notorious for not going online and actually learning the proper way to play games it's it's why i sucked at from software games before i finally bowed to the pressure um but yeah like being able to flip between these weapons is crucial and they don't really like explain it that well in the game you just kind of got to figure it out eventually after getting your ass kicked enough but um i use the exact same weapons in the dlc as i as i do and 80 percent of the time uh, I use the spread and chaser combo. Um, so that's why I think it's kind of cool, Matt, that you were all about the charge. Uh, for me, it's like the chaser just allows it's yeah, it takes a while to kill things, but you can just hold down the button. You point it certain ways every now and then, but for the most part, you're just focused on the screen and that helps me get in the zone so much easier of just dodging everything. Cause you're no longer worried about which way you're, you're facing you're just completely like in this element of like how do i escape the nearest danger what dangers are coming what's the cues on the screen um and then the spreader is for those moments when they make themselves vulnerable they're not shooting at you and there's like these little moments in the game where they do that and you do so much damage with it if you just park right next to them and lay it down um so matt wh why do you think you went with the charge shot and like what was the advantage to that um, well, I played a lot of Mega Man games as a kid. It's a franchise I don't talk a lot about, but yeah, I've always been a huge fan and Charge Shot has always been a big part of that. So I guess I'm just accustomed to these kind of boss battles where you kind of have to bide your time to get off your more powerful shots. Um, I will say in playing through the DLC that I'm starting to use the Chaser more um, because there are certain bosses that it's infinitely easier to be able to be focusing on dodging, especially with Chalice, who happens to have that invincible dodge roll. Um, one thing that I did differently than from you, Jack, is I can never get the timing down with the um, the dash. Uh, what is the one invincibility dash? Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. You got to save it for the right moments. Yeah, I, I can never get that timing down. So I tend to also use the extra hearts. So with that, it's a little easier to, when you have a couple extra hit points to use the charge um, to just kind of, like you said, eat it and then give them one right back. Um, As this was my second playthrough, I really kind of focused on trying to get the uh, A level on all the, the missions. And so you have to reach, you have to hit a certain time to do that. And um, you do the extra heart and you lose attack power. So that was too slow for me. That makes sense. Um, I think too, I, I've, what I've seen now that I've beaten it and gone through and read, um, it seems like a lot of the experts, like either the one you use the dash or, um, the coffee where they 
they constantly have their special building up so they can just like drop you know the huge bomb on them every like few minutes or where, however long it takes but um well let me ask you this then uh let's go around the horn but what was your guys' special? What did you prefer? Did you mix it up? Because there's definitely certain levels where I had to mix it up, but I, I had my favorite. Dave? Uh, I I don't feel like I'm like super tuned in on that part, that special. Uh, you know, the thing is like you use it, that it doesn't protect you. It's not like some invincibility window. You got to use it at a good time. Otherwise you're really vulnerable. And, uh, but yeah, I, I think just since I use the traditional shooter the most, like that's a special I've been using the most. Uh, I have used a chaser special, but I'm not entirely sure what it does. I know it creates a ring around you. I don't know if that just gives you more ammo to shoot with, you know, or is it speeds up? I'm thinking it speeds up like how many chase shots you have. So you're, you're doing more, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I I never use the weapon specials. I always use the full up charge. And when I do, I always use the level one. I think I fought one boss where I used the ghost one. Um, I forget which one. It was one of the ones where it was like it would had it aimed upward, so it helped out. But other than that, I could never get the timing down with it. Yeah, that's the chalice one. Uh I use them I used them all in certain things, and I also use the uh I usually if if it comes to a point in the level where there's not enough time to build up to the super, I'll start using the smaller ones and it's pretty helpful. I think with that, uh, with the chaser one, it does, it's like a last level of defense. If, if you're about to get hit by a minion, it's not going to kill it if you haven't attacked it yet. But if it's like right at the edge where it's about to die, it'll, it'll kill it before it gets to you, which can be pretty big. Um, but that's probably my least favorite one. Um, the, like the spread and the pea shooter one are, are way better. They just deal more damage, protect you better. But yeah, I think I think seventy five percent of the time I'm using that just level one where just you just shoot the hell out of some shit. Um, yeah. Um, I'm only so far into the game, but so far my favorite boss has been Baroness Von Von Von. Um, I like the fight in the sense that she has like three sub mini bosses that come out in different orders so it's kind of like you see one boss come out the first one you're like shoot that's the easiest third one you know so like <laughs> i gotta get through this what's the third one gonna be and then you know after a certain point her castle just starts moving and then her head comes off and it starts flying at you and you know the whole time you got all this like candy kind of stuff running through and all that stuff and i have a giant sweet tooth so it naturally just kind of made me want to get some dessert but um, so far, that's been my favorite fight, boss fight was uh, Jimmy was like a very, very close second. Jimmy, the, the genie, like I ended up actually loving it. And I love the last part of his where he's on a he's on a stretcher and you have to switch the bomb in order to get him. So all you're doing is just dropping bombs on this like wrapped up uh, genie that's on a stretcher. But uh, and anyways, I settled on Bon Bon Bon. Uh, do you guys have like a boss that you know despite challenges like just the fight itself was a lot of fun for you and you kind of noticed some stuff that made you favorite it more than the others 
Well, I talked about Werner Werner Werman, <laughs> the rat with the cat. I, uh, the Baroness, while the gameplay is incredibly frustrating because that whole first act is completely RNG. Some of those some of those smaller bosses are insanely difficult, and others are just like, oh, okay, sweet, <laughs> like yeah. free pass. Yeah, the gumball machine. I, I love the seeing that thing. Machine. It's like it's oh. like yes, thank you. <laughs> So easy. <laughs> like, I appreciate yeah. And if you get that in Act 3, it's like, yeah. yeah. Get the fucker, like, uh, I think it's like the move. Uh, it's a moving yeah. chocolate bar? Is Or are you talking about the Everlasting Gobstopper? Gobstopper. A, yeah, that one sucks. I'd see that yes. one on my third, and it's like, retry. <laughs> so cool. And when you're wearing your headphones with the Gobstopper, and you beat it, there's this, the most satisfying, crunchy noise. Like, it is the noise that you not the noise that you hear on like a commercial it's the noise when your mouth is closed and you're crunching it and it's like echoing in your ear that's the noise that makes in your headphone when that plays and i fucking love it um <laughs> so i think my favorite boss in the game is king dice um which is also an incredibly unfair fight but there's king dice is completely unique in that you have to make it across a board for lack of a better way. There's, there's 12 stages and there's a floating dice that goes one through three and you have to time your parry on the dice. And however you time that it'll send you forward one, two or three spaces. And if you time it right, you can get it extra lives. You can get into safe zones. If you fuck it up in the last very end, it'll send you all the way back to the beginning. I, I almost had a plumber meltdown when that happened to me one time. <laughs> You're like going in with five lives and you have to start over. Like, yeah. Brutal. Literally was like, um, I got this. I'm right at the end. And all of a sudden, started so <laughs> twisted about it. Um, but there's nine different mini bosses in King Dice. And based on where you land, and they're all set, you'll have to fight one of them. And you always want to go for the extra heart because the King Dice, once you get through, you actually fight King Dice. And he's a fucking it's a terrible fight. I hate it. But but the whole lead up to it is awesome. And the whole lead up is like, how many lives can I salvage or add to my, to my stock before I hit King Dice, which is just this cheesy son of a bitch. Oh, he's the um, he's the worst boss too. You have to be so good at pairing, and that made it a lot. I actually peed him in a couple hours on this, but I remember in 2018 I got smoked by that guy so many times, and yeah, yeah. I mean, King Dice Dave for pretty much all the reasons um, you know Jack just said, like, is an amazing fight, but it's very very similar to the princess in that regard where so much of the fun is kind of seeing like what you land on, what you're going to have to endure in your march towards him. Cause after a while you can get the pairing down to kind of, for the most part, pick where you want to land. But like you, 90%. Yeah. But you definitely have like those moments where you're like, you're looking at it and it's like, do I really want to fight that fucker to get an extra life, which I'll probably lose to that fucker? Or you're looking at it and you're like, I know I can crush that guy, but he's only like two spaces ahead. But if I go three spaces, I'm closer to my goal, but then I'm totally hosed. So, I mean, there's a lot of joy in that. And I really like that fight too with the princess. Um, another one I'll mention too, honestly, 
Um, well, there's there's two. There's one, the DLC, that I really enjoyed just because it felt like it was so frustrating to the point where I felt super happy when I finally got it down. And that's the uh, stagecoach with the cow. Um, it's super annoying fight and you're in the plane, but it was just something about like, I think coming off of fighting the robot in the first one, which pissed me off to no end. And then like with this one, it was like similar pissed me off. But like once I just like had figured out all her different phases and gathered all the different ways you have to like dodge it all, it's a lot like it's a serious like undertaking to get it all down. But it feels so good when you're like locked in and you're just like dodging everything bullshit thing she's throwing at you Um, and the devil too actually because the devil has some bullshit timing and so it feels really good again like when you're getting to the end yeah when you're reaching like the end part the the slap in the middle like on paper it should be so easy because it's the same time it's so fucking fast like you have to have it down so good and the so timing's so awkward because it's like the second you see him making the motion, you jump and then <laughs> you inevitably land right into it. <laughs> but um, something about that fight too, I think just because you know you're so close to the end, like it, you don't care anymore about how much he punishes you. So it's like, all right, going through all the frustration of just being like getting to that last phase and be like, yeah, I got two hit points, motherfucker. That means I get an invincibility window to just pound you with my spread shot. <laughs> This time around, I probably had more trouble with the devil than anybody else. So it's kind of uh, like just a question I thought up in my head, and I'll like start off the first answer to give you guys some time. But what I was thinking, like what boss would be fun to bring in from another video game and put it in a Cuphead type style, you know, like so that you're like, you know, fighting this in, in Cuphead's world in Cuphead style. Um, I think my selection is Bowser. Like, it sounds kind of corny and it sounds a little cheesy, but I think it would be really cool to see him place in that art style. Um, Unfortunately, this is like an Xbox first game, so I think that Nintendo Xbox connection might be not there. Uh, It would never happen anyways, but I think Bowser would be really fun to have in that world, especially if you, like, dropped in the Bowser music, you know, or like the da-na-na-na-na. No, 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 no. You know, and then he's like throwing turtle shells at you or fireballs and, you know, just the different things he does, you know, through all the different games. It's pretty cool to see him like thrown into that world. Um, I know it's kind of off the top of your heads, but do you guys have anything that pops in your mind would be a lot of fun to see in that, that type of game? Well, yeah, off the top of the head. So <laughs> not very well prepared, but I think one thing they did not have in this game at all was any kind of sports representation. And as I think a lot of the people who kind of get into this are probably a little bit more old school. Oh, Plum, you're going Mike Tyson's punch out. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, kudos to you. But what really popped into my head was like tech mobile. I think it would just be like dope. If you were trying to like, if, if the screen is moving to the right and you're trying to sack the quarterback um, something like that, I think that would be, I think some sort of sports representation and, and like, yeah, like you said, uh, Dave, that Mike Tyson is an awesome idea as well. Um, I like that, Jack. I actually could totally see it being one of those ones where you have to like push something over to get to the other side or whatever. And 
while dodging shit and all that. Um, dodging running backs, dodging quarterbacks, throwing balls at yeah, you. Yeah, flaming footballs, pigskins. It probably yeah. pig related. Um, so the first one that popped in my head, and this is purely just because it's such a random question that caught me off guard, but um, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, there's a game, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. It's called. And the last boss in that is this senator who is all pumpful in nano machines, which in Kojima universe, nano machines just means anything. So he's just like super yoked, like basically becomes the incredible Hulk, but he looks like a senator. So it's like he's a really comical last boss and he's, he's notoriously very difficult. But I think he would be hilarious in this setting just because it would justify why you can just shoot him for hours on end without him flinching, but then then be worn down into whatever he ends up at the end. So I don't know. Very random character, but gives me an excuse to talk about another Kojima title. So why not? Yeah, no, it's just something that popped in my head. I mean, that game is, you know, it's, I think, primarily about bosses. So um I, I thought I was like, it'd be kind of cool to stick Margit in there and see how Margit looks like as a cartoon character, you know, and like doing all this stuff. Throws the stuff out, throws a hammer down, you know, that kind of stuff. So I heard somebody made a Game Boy version of um, all the boss fights, or they made a Game Boy version of Elden Ring. So you could actually watch what an 8 bit, or not an 8 bit, whatever the hell bit Game Boy is. If you look it up on YouTube, I think they've. Well, as the reason I chose this game for our uh, mutual playthrough was the DLC release. Let's let's touch back on that a little bit. Um, so, Dave, you kind of you kind of well, shoot, Dave and Matt, you both kind of um, touched on this earlier, but there's no run and gun missions in the DLC, which we've already established. Yes, the run and guns are the the by far the worst part of the original game. I mean, the, the mausoleum levels are less creative, but they're also quicker. <laughs> <laughs> it took um, me it took me about eight attempts for me to figure out what, and I was like, oh God, the pink. And then, you know, I figured it out. But I was just like, this this level's bullshit. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, there's a monkey in a, one of those claw machines, basically, it, it, when you're in King Dice's level, Dave. And um, it just like randomly bounces around the screen for like, and it, <laughs> in the background, it's all these cards that you have to match in order to make him vulnerable. <laughs> Dave, I was playing this with you on the other night. And if you remember the one where I kept going, this is bullshit. This is, I hate this guy. It was the exact mini boss, one of nine. I was, I, I ran into him twice when I was playing with you the other night and I was pissed off both times. Yeah, and the best part is the first time you play them, if you're not paying attention real quick, it shows that all the background are cards and you have to match them to make them vulnerable. So if you miss that, you spend all this time just dodging them and shooting them and nothing happens. (laughs) Trying to match match the damn things. Um, Well, I mentioned the mausoleums. They basically take the core idea of that, that it's just a parry level, and they create a whole dungeon for lack of a better word where you have five stages of these really well-designed parry levels a couple of them are a little but but some of them are really damn good and and even the ones that are kind of at least like give you that feeling of satisfaction when you beat it 
And to have that in place of the run and gun missions is like the side, like little thing you can go do. It's such a huge improvement. And I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I'm actually, so I beat, I beat the last one. It was the last thing I did today, but I kind of want to go back. There's a King's gauntlet version of it where you have to do all five in a row. And that's how much fun they were that I want to revisit that. Unlike the running gun missions, which like I've seriously considered not even like going for those coins. Cause it's just like, I just want this to end. Yeah. I hated the running guns and I will say to the DLC ones, I, again, playing as chalice, like make some of those ones real fun. Cause having the dash ability actually do the parry is pretty sweet, especially against a few of those. I, I'm still convinced the only way to beat the horse is with that move. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's possible with the regular cup again. Oh, yeah. I tried playing him with the original dude. I would get like three hits and go to the ending screen. <laughs> and it's so deflating to see it go like 10% across. <laughs> like, oh, God, what the hell, hell did I beat this guy? Um, yeah, the, those parry levels are the chalices. Crucial. Plumber, hopefully, hopefully you get to this point. That would be really cool if like you could overcome all your anger and frustration towards these boss levels and embrace the just embrace this, you know, the self-inflicted hatred that I turned into humor. Matt obviously has a little piece of him, it in him as well. But um, there's just, I don't know. There's something so much fun about a game where it's so punishing, but you just start right over snap like that's even in the yeah. ring, you're going you're even in the best levels you're going like 20 meters and you got to go through like a, a on ps5 like a 20 second loading screen on this you're just back in it i love that i was gonna say that's the only way i could play through hotline miami too mm. was same thing like i would have hated that game if it was like a big build-up or anything but the fact that it's like you just hop right back in and it's like it's so fast you can't even be frustrated about what just happened you just kind of accept it and move on so well all right boys anything last thoughts on cuphead thus far uh do you guys see a sequel coming yeah absolutely hmm i wonder where this studio will go uh i mean they took five years to come out with a dlc that is six levels long Granted, those levels are much more in detail. Um, I think a more interesting question is, do you want a sequel? Um, yeah, I do. I think that there's still creative ways they can do it. I think that, you know, they can continue to expand, kind of like you said, with the turning the run and gun into like a parry level. I think there's another level where they can do some level design kind of on par with like Little Big Planet almost, where... Well, one thing they did in this is um, I'm pretty sure you never do this in the original game. There, there's times where you like jump into something and they'll like, like put you in a different place. But I mean, in one level, the giant swallows you and you have to duke it out in his stomach in this. Uh, in another, these clouds appear and you have to jump up the clouds. And I think there's a lot of potential there to like, like you said, the little big planet, like where I don't want to run and gun. 
But if it's all like part of this moving mechanism that is a boss fight, I think that would be really cool. And I think these guys have it in them because they've shown throughout the regular game and the DLC that they're insanely creative. They know how to build a level. And to just kind of keep delving into what has you know, gaming has become and, and kind of building on Little Big Planet and, and any other of those, you know, games I, I think would be really interesting. I hope they make I hope they make a sequel. And I don't expect it in the next five years. But one of the cool things about this is that now that we're to a point in gaming where the mechanics are tight, it's not like this style of game is gonna get old. This is, you know, it's timeless. I I also think too that like some of that five year window gets nullified by the fact that COVID really probably made it very difficult for certain studios, particularly smaller ones to really dedicate as much time to a game and do it right. Cause that's the thing. Like they clearly have a standard that they set with the original cuphead of being willing to wait until it was just right before release, as opposed to rushing it out. Cause especially a game with that art style jack you had mentioned earlier that it was you look at that art style it's so easy to just assume oh you're gonna fuck it up because all your emphasis is on the graphics and you're gonna mess up the gameplay but the fact that they got everything dialed in and i recall there were a lot of delays because i remember my brother telling me about this game years before it came out about how excited he was for it to finally come out and then it did years later so um so i i think that their production time might be a bit shorter. I think the real question is, do you boys think that they should stick with that exact art style? Or do you think that they should evolve it to like a different era of animation? Like, should they do like 1960s style art style? Or should they, you know, or do you do Hasbro, (laughs) G.I. Joe? That's what they should do. (laughs) Dave, you actually pointed, I'm pretty sure it was you that pointed out this to me um, like a week ago is that the advantage of this art style is so much of the content is no longer covered by copyright and therefore they can kind of um, use all these you know character designs from way back in the day and as opposed to like if they use something from the 1960s they're gonna have to be really kind of watching their ass as opposed to like what they're using and if it's like a certain artist or a certain company who owns a copyright to an image um because this is this is the us of a (laughs) those lawyers are on the prowl Uh, that's an excellent point i mean you're you're both dead on i mean for christ's sake what is it that the, was it the verve that never got a dime from bittersweet symphony because of like one little like song. i do not know what the hell they're talking about yeah because of one little they guitar half. riff they got half oh my question is do you think the studio has it in them to create a different ip and to have it be successful i do um I've seen how well they've kind of um, refined the ideas from the original Cuphead. And um, I, I think the important thing is, like we said, yes, the draw to this game is the art style, but 
this game has the skeleton of a classic. And that makes me believe that these guys have a lot of talent, a lot of skill. And as long as they got the funding, uh, which I imagine they do, they just got a new TV show. Um, DLC sold. I think, I think I read that they sold over a million copies. Um, I can't, you know, I don't know if that number is up to date, but it sold at least a million copies. So they got some money, you know. I want to note that the studio's name is, uh, I believe it's MHDR. So I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Jack's right. Um, I think even if they just stuck with this formula, it's still such an amazing skeleton in such an amazing, like first major effort that I'm confident that even you could reskin it and make it something else. It would still be very enjoyable. The question is, do they continue to evolve like some of the other studios that I personally enjoy? Um, I believe so, especially with that funding. Um, we'll have to see though. Um, again, like I said, I think the, the base game that they've created though, there's still actually a lot of legs to it without having to make too many drastic changes just yet. I'd be totally down for a sequel. It would be awesome. Like this and Sekiro, I mean, it, what they have in common is that they're two of the best boss games of the modern era. Um, I really get excited about sequels. I mean, shit, The Last of Us, that game was one of my favorite, uh, probably my favorite game of the PlayStation 3 generation. And The Last of Us 2 was out for like a year and a half before I played it. But Sekiro, Cuphead, these games where it's just like, let's do it. Let's not fuck around. Just jump into the combat. I'm totally down. All right, boys. Any last thoughts on Cuphead? All righty. Well, that all being said, this has been Couch Co-op Video Game Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. introduce a segment called plumbers haters corner it'll be, it'll be every four episodes every four episodes where i spend like the last five minutes just talking about shit i hate in video games <laughs>